living in this social media world, when we're looking at things online, they're telling us, oh, you know, block out everything that doesn't give you joy. Get rid of everything that doesn't bring you peace. Let's be real. Life is about happiness and sadness. You can't have one without the other. So we can't just take everything out that doesn't give us joy. There's going to be things such as triggers that don't give us joy. So we'll have to learn how to deal with them. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Till the Wheels Fall Off. I am Matt. I'm Paige. And today we're talking triggers. And I guess we can start this episode with a trigger warning. This may be triggering. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It shouldn't be, though, because what we're here to do is to talk and learn about ways to cope with triggers, something that our audience has told us that they want to hear more about yeah. how we've dealt with this and we've got a ton of experience with triggers lots store so we'll start it off by saying and this is why i said trigger warning it's an unpopular belief when it comes to triggers but it's one that we firmly believe in is that it's not the world's job to make sure that i am comfortable mm-hmm. it's not the world's job to make sure that i get what i need or i hear what i need to hear or see what i need to see the world's just going to do the world and i need to do me Boom. It is easier said than done. And especially today with social media, every time you turn around, there's going to be something that upsets you. So what is a trigger? What is a trigger? Paige, you're going to be better at this than me. What is a trigger? Well, it's like a situation that makes you feel overwhelmed or it's, um, I have it. I've always said it as this feeling of in the pit of your stomach, it's like it burns and you can feel it. It literally makes you want to scream. It can make you angry. It can make you panic. It can make you fearful. Um, it keeps you from remaining present. I think that's the biggest piece of it. It, I was, so I've done, we've been talking about this for weeks now Yeah. about what are triggers, what are our triggers? Have we lived through these and, and worked through them? And I was reading through an article in psychology today and they talk about triggers and essentially, you know, when you are triggered, when your reaction is disproportionate to the present event or not reasonably related to the actual present facts, it's another way of saying you're overreacting, Mm -hmm. but I don't really like that word because for the person who's triggered to say that you're overreacting is doing no good. (laughs) What is a trigger really though? And we, we talked about this. A trigger is a wound, an open wound. It's not a scar yet because it hasn't been dealt with. Right. It is like, and the thing about triggers too is that they're hidden. They're hidden in our minds and we don't really know they even exist until we are triggered. Yeah. They can be so subversive and, and hidden and insidious and they just pop up on you at the strangest times. And there's, triggers come from all different places, right? Some of them are internal and they are learned through childhood. Um, Things that happened in your home, sometimes they come from traumatic events. If you've been through a death, a sexual assault, something along those lines leave deep emotional wounds. And then there are some others that I think when people think trigger these days, especially you see more of this on like social media where people are being triggered by other people's opinions. Yes. So there's there's different types of triggers, and we'll get into probably the, the latter of those more so than the other two. I know when it comes to emotional deep scars and whatnot, um, 
I don't claim to be an expert on dealing with really, really tough trauma like that. And this podcast has never been um, a replacement for therapy. I no. think it'd be, it's great when used in conjunction with therapy, right. in between sessions and whatnot. But those are things that you really, really need to address with a professional. Um, but so what are some examples of triggers? Okay. So I was going to say that we're really going to discuss basically our experiences and things that we've been through. And that's why we feel like it's an important topic to discuss. And we want to help people learn how to cope and how we coped with it. Um, but examples of triggers, there are so many examples and I, alcohol, like for alcoholics, if you're, um, going to bars, holidays, gas stations, uh, sometimes coming home from work because that would be a habit that you would come home from work. And what do you do? You have a drink, right? Oh, I know guys that when you say coming home from work, my thought was there are some people that have to drive by the same liquor store they used to visit when they were drinking and then they have had to change their route home. Right. Yeah. Because, because it was a trigger. It's triggering. Yeah. Because it was a habit that they would stop there. Yeah. And I, I can speak to, the, to this and I won't spend too much time here on it because we'll get to more later. But when it comes to triggers and addiction, that's a question that I get asked more than almost any other. What are your triggers? Mm-hmm. Especially early on when you're first getting sober, like, what are your triggers? Like, Everything, everything was a trigger to me. Oh yeah. Breathing, waking up, sleeping, not being able to sleep, stress, you name it. Yeah. Everything was literally a trigger when it came to that. Yeah. It was part of your habit. You had this everyday routine of doing these things. So anytime you did anything, it's like, oh, I used to do this high or drunk. Yeah. So those are triggers. Yeah. So there are triggers that lead to addictive and destructive behavior. There are also triggers like politics for some people mm-hmm. uh, seeing the news seeing someone's opinion on social media hearing a friend's opinion hearing someone you can overhear someone talking at your kid's soccer game and it will enrage you yeah absolutely enrage you you're you're triggered by someone else's opinion yep what do you see in social media usually other people's opinions you also see highlight Highlights. reels yeah is there anything more triggering than someone you know that you know they don't live the life that they portray. Right. But they want people to think that they, they're living this life. Yes. That's, that's a big trigger. That can mind. be triggering. Mm-hmm. The the fakeness that exists in social media with some people. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a huge trigger. Mm-hmm. What are some others? Um, let's say you're uh, kind of goes back to the addiction part. So food. If you're trying to lose weight. I My trigger when I was trying to lose weight back in the day was soft cheese tacos from El Phoenix. <laughs> Anytime they would come out, it would be like, oh shit, I know if I eat these, I'm going downhill and I am going to be screwed up. It's all over, It's man. all over. It's done. And it's true. It's like, it's the same damn thing. Um, certain noises, like loud kids, certain songs that come on will remind you of a time that was, you know, somewhat traumatic for you. Um, I'm going to say one for Matt that is kind of triggering is when there's shit that's loose in the car. I feel seen, man. Why'd you put that in there? I just saw that on your board. I asked you if you read the board. It says shit loose in a car. Uh-huh. I've got this thing where if I hear a no, like a, a small rattle, we could be driving in the car and I can hear like Oh my god. And I'm like, what is that noise? And he's What is I turn down the radio, I start I'll pull over and start looking for it. Like, what is this noise? It just some reason it drives me nuts. You get so mad and I'm just like, shut up. I don't hear anything. Just ignore it. Move on. Why are you so triggered by this loud yeah. noise or this subtle noise that nobody else can hear? Noises can be a huge one. It, like, yeah. I uh, I deal with things differently now. 
I used to get triggered very badly by my phone. When my phone would ring, yep. the sound of the ring would trigger me into stress and anxiety. And I would have to change my ringtone every 60 days or so yeah, because it would straight trigger me every time it rang. It just, this feeling of dread came over me. Yeah. And since I'm an empath, I always took on those emotions as well. So going around this house, y'all. <laughs> so when I heard those ringtones, I'm like, shit, that means that Matt's going to be pissed off and he's going to complain and something's wrong. So I'm just going to take on your emotions too, because of that. <laughs> Yeah, we're great. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of funny. That's why I put that on there because I know I know your shit. Yeah. Okay. And now certain scents. Well, we're going to go into something else like smells. Certain smells can be triggering. Yeah, olfactory senses can bring back all kinds of events that you didn't even know you existed in your mind. It opens this filing cabinet sometimes of some really painful things. Sometimes good things, but a lot of times it's painful stuff. Yeah. Um. Public places, like going to a grocery store, like for me, that was a trigger for me because I used to have panic attacks when I would go out in public. It was very weird. Or I'd get in the car and I would have panic attacks and I would see something. So like a tree, it would just make me go into a panic or trigger is very odd. And I don't know why. Wow. Wow. It's crazy. You think of all the ways that these things can affect us. And when we're going through this episode, we were talking a lot about, okay, so what is the, what's the goal here? And the goal is to really learn how to deal with these differently, not avoid them. Yeah. Because like we opened this up with, it's not the world's job to make sure that we're comfortable. We have to learn how to deal with the world. Yes. Rather than concentrating on what needs to be changed in the world, let's concentrate on us and our attitude and our responses to the world. Yeah. And the stimulus in the world. There's always going to be assholes around too. You're always going to be exposed to something that you don't like. If we try to control what all of these other external factors are doing, we're just going to constantly be miserable because it triggers us. Yeah. Triggers show up when, whenever we overreact to other people's opinions at the end of the day, that's when, for me, that's when I see these things the most is when I'm overreacting to someone else's opinion or their take on something or Sometimes it is this other stuff, like not so much anymore. Um, I've gotten really good at this, but the the ringtones and the weird noises and like yelling, yelling was a big one for me. When people yelled, yeah, it brought back some really traumatic experiences from my childhood. Or me crying. Re- yeah, you crying as well. Um, I guess we should get into our personal triggers first. What yeah. triggers us? Because I think that some of these are relatable and I want to give people sort of some insight onto the, uh, listen, you're not as crazy as you think you are. You're not like we're all, we're all people and everyone's got their own stuff and we may seem like we've got it all together, but we deal with stuff too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and living in this social media world, when we're looking at things online, they're telling us, Oh, you know, block out everything that doesn't give you joy. Get rid of everything that doesn't bring you peace. Let's be real. Life is about happiness and sadness. You can't have one without the other. So we can't just take everything out that doesn't give us joy. There's going to be things such as triggers that don't give us joy. So we'll have to learn how to deal with them. Some of my biggest triggers were Facebook, you know, social media, seeing highlight reels. Um, it used to irritate me very badly. Um, what about you? What is some another a trigger for you? Work was a, a trigger. And I mean, from the moment I walked in the door, I was triggered and it was the stress, the anxiety, the feelings of dread, the feelings of this overwhelming responsibility that I had. 
And anytime I had to answer someone's question or someone came to me with something, it would trigger me. Yeah. It would set me into like this, this panic feeling and I would get agitated and I would get short with people. And it took a long time to get to the root of that one. But for me, yelling is a trigger for me. Yeah. So I grew up in a home and, uh, it was loud. (laughs) (laughs) My, my, My mom communicated. She had, so there was three boys in the house and for you, those of you that have kids, you know what that's like. And my mom at her wits end a lot would scream and yell. And I'm not a scream and yell kind of person. I'm a, I'm a real quiet, calm guy. Yeah. And so for me, it is like nails on a chalkboard and it's, it makes my heart race. I mean, it, I, I can't stand it. Which is crazy because you married me and I have a very, very loud family. God, are you? Yeah, you guys on are On both sides of the family, my dad's side and my mom's side. We were very loud people. Yeah. So I've had to learn to really calm it down, which it's is good. Some other emotional triggers for me. So when I was getting sober, the, I did have some triggers and some of them were the simplest things. Boredom. Mm-hmm. Boredom was a trigger for me. I didn't know how to be bored. I understand that. I, I didn't know how to just sit there in my in my feels and in my thoughts and just experience the world or just watch TV. Like I didn't know how to do that, not being effed up on something. Yeah. So boredom was a huge trigger for me and learning how to use that time productively or just being present and being okay with being me. Mm-hmm. That was a big one for me. Uh, early on, especially like really early on, like for the first month or two that I was sober, being around alcohol was uncomfortable. Yeah. Not so much because I felt like I needed to use, like the craving didn't necessarily set in. I just, I didn't know how to be me. And it was, I was really insecure about that. And that highlighted this thing I knew I was lacking was that I didn't, I was, I I wore a mask all the time. I didn't know how to be authentic. And so it triggered me into like this depressive, like shameful state that like, I'm not good enough and I don't belong and no one's going to like me if they really know who I am. And I'm not the fun guy anymore. So just being around it brought up a lot of those feelings and thoughts. It was tough. Yeah. It was super tough. Yeah. Um, I can't think of any others off the top of my head. I'm sure that I'll come up with a couple here in a second. But dealing with triggers, there's a, a million ways to deal with this stuff. We can tell you what we did, though. Mm-hmm. And so I think that your your path to dealing with these things has been really fun to watch. I say fun. It's been <laughs> It's been admirable. No, it's it's just, it's been inspiring to watch because you were truly, I mean, you lived with panic disorder and you could get triggered by literally anything. Yeah. And it wasn't just triggered to where I would be angry or upset. It would put me into panic mode, into a panic attack. Yeah, completely. I would go, I would go from here all the way down. Like it was crazy. What was your first step in dealing with your triggers? How do you, where did you start? Like someone's hearing this for the first time. They stumbled upon the episode they know that they get triggered a lot and they don't like it. They don't know what to do though. Okay. Where do you start? The first step for me was to acknowledge that it was a problem within me and it wasn't an external issue. How did you come to that though? Because I think that. Uh, because I was miserable because I realized that I couldn't change what was happening. I couldn't change these triggers. It kept happening over and over and over again. And I'm like, okay, obviously I'm doing something wrong. So I need to change the way I'm approaching this instead of trying to change how others are doing whatever they're doing. Was that a process to come to that realization though? Because I think for a lot of people, the simplest thing is I'll just block that person or I will just not watch TV or I will just take a different way home. Okay. Well, that's the second part of my process. Oh, okay. So what's the second part then? (laughs) 
Um, the second part is to actually temporarily remove myself from these triggers. So say that Facebook, you know, the highlight reels are irritating me and it would cause me to be angry. I deleted Facebook for a long time. You were off for quite some time. I was off Facebook because I could not mentally handle it because every time I got on, I would see things that would piss me off. So, but my goal was not to stay off Facebook. The goal was to deal with the problems and to deal with those emotions so that I could get back on Facebook and cope better. So I think that removing yourself from these things that are triggering is important because it allows you to focus on you and you know that you can get back into it in a healthier mindset. So the goal is to learn how to deal with things eventually, but in the early process, it's best to remove yourself from those things. Yes. To focus on you. So if it's social media, that's the example you gave, but it could also be a person in your life. Yes. If you've got a friend or a family member that constantly triggers you, Mm -hmm. guess what? You don't have to deal with these people. No, you don't. If you've got crappy friends that don't pick you up and they're always on you and they're berating you and beating you down and belittling you, find new friends. Right. You have control over that. And that's okay. You know, we're not talking about those types of triggers that you have control over. These are things that are literally in your face constantly. So these are boundaries. These are examples of boundaries that you put into place to protect yourself until you could heal. Yes. So you identify what you needed to heal from. Mm -hmm. Is that a process of elimination? As these things come into your life, you're sort of taking mental notes. It's kind of kind of the way I remember it with you was taking mental notes as these things are coming up and like, there's one, there's another one, there's another Mm -hmm. one. And so you create this like laundry list of these different things, but there's usually a common theme in them. Yeah, for sure. And then you start to, to work on them by first removing yourself from the situation. Yes. Identifying them, removing yourself from the situation Mm -hmm. and then what? So you've removed yourself, you've blocked Facebook, whatever. This is where self-help comes or self-care comes into play. This is where you can, um, actually get therapy. You can, uh, I, I read a lot of self-help books like David Goggins books, things that told me, uh, what's that other one? Mark Manson, subtle art of not giving a fuck. He's got like a whole section or he's got a few books that I just wanted to learn how to not give a rat's ass. I didn't want to have these feelings. So that's where the self-help books come in therapy. Um, ask for help. That's that next step. Listen to podcasts. Yeah. Listen to podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) That is something I actually did. Um, what, what do you do once you've focused on yourself and once you've, you've done kind of what you just described and then what? That's when I slowly start to try to reintroduce myself to the triggers. So I would slowly get back on Facebook. So you learn a few things and then you slowly introduce yourself back in. Mm -hmm. What do you remember what that felt like early on? Was it scary, fearful? Yeah, it was scary. I mean, it was like, okay, well, I, I don't want to be triggered, but I probably am going to be triggered. So how am I going to deal with this? I mean, it's a scary feeling. Yeah. And when you do get triggered, like this is something I I want to bring up is this is not a process of perfection. No, it's a process of progress. Yes. Practice, practice, practice. Because at no point in your life, are you going to arrive at a point where you know, do not get triggered. You have no more problems. There's nothing else to work on. Yeah. And I'm fixed. This is a lifetime 
of intentions, like of being intentional. So like we talked about, like triggers are, they're open wounds. Yeah. And I think that you should approach them compassionately mm-hmm. with that feeling that this is, this is something that's hurt. This is, this is something in me that needs to be healed. Let me approach it with care. Non-judgmental. Yeah. Like be gentle with yourself yeah. as you go through this. Because it's, people joke about him. Oh, he's triggered. She's triggered, you know, but it's not funny. Like, no. At the end of the day, it's really not. Right. Like these are deep emotional wounds that people have. I think the the issue comes when we decide that it's the world's job to fix these. Right. And I'm not going to get into like the politics of all this and like safe spaces that exist on college campuses and things like that. I have no opinion on that stuff one way or the other. I can only speak for myself mm-hmm. and what has triggered me in the past. Every time I'm triggered, I see an opportunity. Yes. And that sounds kind of weird, but just stick with me. When I get triggered, I take note of that and it's an opportunity for me to grow. Mm-hmm. When something's hurting me, I look at myself and I say, okay, what is that? Yeah. Why is that? Why did that just happen? Why did I just get so upset over that? And then I spend time in my mind and I dig deep and figure out what is being harmed. It's not just the guy that said the thing. Yeah. It's it's something deep inside me. It's an insecurity or something, some something I have or a belief that I have, and they've just accentuated it. Exactly. Like if if you upset me today, I have to give you permission to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't get upset by people's opinions or their thoughts or their whatever. I don't get upset by that stuff because the rent in my head is way too expensive. You can't afford it. Mm-hmm. But it didn't start that way. No, it didn't start that way. And you get to that point. I think the goal is ultimately to get to that point, but you have to get through the beginning stages. And so like get off social media, you watched less news. Yep. Um, like for me, the first 90 days that I was sober, you didn't see me at bars. You didn't see me at like a lot of stuff. I stayed in, I protected myself and I tried to figure out what it was going to be like walking with my new legs. Yeah. Sort of. Exactly. Exactly. And getting to the point where I felt comfortable enough to reintroduce myself. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't perfect right away. No. And it's not going to be perfect right away. And I got to hope people, if they hear anything, they hear that. And that it's okay if it's not perfect right away. It doesn't mean you failed. No. This is just such a process. Like these things didn't form overnight mm-hmm. and they're not going to be healed overnight. Yeah. But if you continue to work on them, if you continue to work on your responses, then things get better. And just working on responses, it's it sounds abstract and it's sort of hard to explain, but when I think about getting triggered by something, I truly do. I have a conversation in my mind and I put a little check mark next to whatever it was that upset me. The other day we were driving and someone did yeah, I had to get over. You had to get over because the lane was the lane was blocked ending, and we didn't know. And I didn't know it was blocked. It was last minute. And so I had to get over and this guy wasn't letting me over. And then he he honked at me like laid on the horn. And my first thought was, this is anger, first of all. What the hell, man? I had no choice. Why are you mad at me? And then as we were driving, I had the conversation with myself. Okay, he honked and I got upset. Why though? Because I felt less than. I felt like he thought I was an idiot. Yeah. And if he actually knew me, he wouldn't think I'm an idiot, but he thought I was an idiot and that hurt my feelings. (laughs) Like that's really what it boiled down to. My ego was hurt because someone didn't like me. Mm Mm-hmm. So I explore that further. Well, why do I get bothered when someone doesn't like me? Mm-hmm. That's an insecurity that I have. Yeah. And I allowed him to hurt me. Yeah. Him honking. He's just honking. Right. He's just doing it. Yeah. He wasn't doing it he to me. He probably got over it within a second. And then I also think from a compassionate standpoint, what could someone else be going through in their day to cause that? 
that I had nothing to do with. Right. It wasn't my fault. I didn't cause it. Right. I might have just caught him at the wrong time. There's no telling. But I was reading in that same article I was reading, um, there's this this acronym that I use a lot. It's Q-tip. Quit taking it personally. Mm. When someone says something on Facebook that disagrees with your political perspective or how you feel about any given issue, that's just their opinion. They're not doing it to you. Yeah. And it's not for me anyway, I won't speak for everyone, but for me, it's not my job to make sure that everyone feels the same way I feel. Right. We live in a world with people that have a multitude of opinions and thoughts about things. And it's unrealistic to think that everyone's going to think just like I do. And I know plenty of people and they, they live off the stuff like fuel. It's like, man, everyone's just an idiot. Everyone's an idiot. Mm -hmm. And they, it's like, they get, they get the rocks off on that thinking that everyone's just a dummy. And if they thought like them, the world would be perfect. Yeah. And they're triggered constantly because of it. Yeah. Everything triggers them. Um, when it comes to triggers, we mentioned it earlier. It's this disproportionate reaction to present events. So you mentioned it earlier, being present was a big part of how you fix triggers. Mm -hmm. How do you get present? How the hell do you get present when you feel like the world's spinning out of control? Breathing. Breathing for you? Yes. I do a breathing exercise and it, it, it takes practice and it doesn't always work, but it's something that I have to think about is to do the breathe in and then breathe out. And that takes you just to your breath and not what's going out going on outside of whatever's happening. And also I was told to have a safe word, um, for myself that would remind me to stay present or to remind me that this is not reality. So when the world feels out of control and you feel triggered and you feel that feeling in your stomach, Mm -hmm. you would say you would, you would just whisper your safe word to yourself. Yeah. In in my head, head, in my head. And that would remind you, I am safe. Yes. Everything is okay. Yeah. I am safe. Yeah. And then I, when I don't react to it is when I know that I am practicing because there are times when I really want to react to something, but I stop myself and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to react to this because it's not going to get me anywhere. And that's not the reality of the situation right now. And it's not worth it. So just shut your mouth and move on. And it usually works. I do something really similar. I love the breathing one. I should try to incorporate that, incorporate that sometime. I, I do this mental imagery where in my mind, I put myself in a movie theater, in a movie theater that only I am in. I'm sitting in the theater and I'm watching a movie and the movie is me in that moment. And I'm watching myself from an outsider's perspective about what's really going on. Yeah. And it gives me a sense of perception and reality of what's really happening as opposed as opposed to what I'm feeling, which is often not reality. My feelings say you're in danger. My feelings say this person just cuts you down. This, my feelings say they're laughing at you, but in reality I can look at it and say, it's not that. And so I put myself sort of outside of myself and I can, I think of myself in a movie theater watching, watching a film, watching my life and what's really happening here. And it helps me gain perspective and, and yes. stay present in that moment. Yes. So breathing, play the play the tape. Yeah. <laughs> Those are yeah. two really no, good. No, that's ones. great. I love that. All right. So steps to heal. What's the what's what's the last piece of this thing? Once you reintroduce yourself to the world and learning how to cope with this differently, what was your experience and how long did it take for you to not get triggered by things you used to get triggered by? Well, I mean, I still get triggered by some things, but, um, it's gotten better 
it really started to get better when I built my confidence up, when I started working on my health. Glad you said that. And my, my physical health, um, because I couldn't really work on my physical health until I got my mental health right. That was the big piece that clicked. That's why the physical part worked this time. Um, but having that confidence and doing the hard things helped me realize that I can cope with this stuff so much better. I don't, I don't know if it's science. Like we were talking about this in the car, like there's gotta be some type (laughs) of science with your body and how you put all of your energy towards a workout instead of all these triggers. You put your energy towards taking care of yourself and becoming a better version of yourself that you don't have the time or the energy to put it towards those triggers. Yeah. You you go from this place of feeling like everyone's triggering you to going to then a place of, I have to give you permission to trigger me now. Yes. That right there. And you build, you build that with self-esteem. A lot of this stuff is self-esteem. Like, um, I've heard it put that you can't hurt my feelings with anything that I don't already believe to be true. Right. And those are my insecurities and I know about those. So mm-hmm. when you say those things, it's really not hurting my feelings. Like, yeah, I know. But a lot of the things that you hear, they're just not true. Yeah. So you can't tell me I have ugly shoes because I don't. <laughs> Some of your shoes are Ever. ugly. I don't know what you're Ever. talking about. Lies. <laughs> but you, you can't say <laughs> things about me or to me that are going to hurt my feelings because I don't believe those to be true. Because you're confident. It's because of confidence. And yeah. confidence comes... It, Getting fit does build confidence. And it's not so, about so the mirror, it's though. It's not the mirror. No, no. It's this about is science in your brain. It's about it's biology. It's overcoming challenges and it's overcoming adversity yes. that builds confidence. Exactly. Don't have to do it necessarily in the gym. You could do this in the boardroom. You could do this, you could do this at home with your children. You could do this anywhere. Mm-hmm. Anytime that you're putting yourself into a difficult situation and you're coming out on top. That's a victory. And that's a victory for your self-esteem. You get better every time you do stuff like that. Yeah. That's why we're so big on challenge yourself. Challenge yourself. Do hard things. Yes. Do what's difficult. You know, lean into adversity. Lean into this stuff. Yeah. Because once you do and you come out the other side of it, you're going to have a newfound confidence that I can handle anything. Yeah. And then these triggers don't seem so scary anymore. Right. And that just reminded me too of one thing that I do in my head whenever it's, it's in, there's a trigger. And I ask myself, is this going to kill you? Like whatever's happening, is it going to kill you? It's like, Oh dang, no, it's not. It just makes me uncomfortable. It's just like working out, eating healthy and doing all these things that are uncomfortable. No, it's not going to kill me. Yeah. Temporary (laughs) discomfort. Life is a series of temporary pleasure and temporary discomfort. We go through phases of pleasure and discomfort over and over. And you mentioned it earlier. You don't know what peace and serenity feels like until you know what turmoil feels like. Yeah. One and the other, yin and yang, yin and yang. but they have to exist. It can't just always be good, good, good. So when we try to run from our triggers and create this, this false sense of, of peace and this false world that is catered to how we feel in that moment, we're not actually fixing anything. Although temporarily you may feel okay. Yeah. You're not really ever dealing with the issue. No, and it'll get worse. It will over time. I you promise. Let, you let these things stack up in you and they get worse and worse and worse. Yes, it's like sweeping it under the rug. And we, we've already mentioned it once, but it, and you you said it too, like you still get triggered. There's still some things that trigger you. Yeah. Like the guy that honked at me hurt my feelings the other day. <laughs> you know, like, that was so weird, but it's so funny when but, that happens with you. <laughs> but I, I'm, I, I am famous in, 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 in our circle for saying like, 
The rent is so expensive in my head. You can't afford it. Don't even try. You can't afford to live here. And this guy honked and got in. Yeah. Like I still, I think I'm, once you think you're bulletproof, you're not. There's still some stuff I need to work on. I need to work through some things. We have awareness though. The goal is to have awareness and to look at reality and try to grow from the discomfort that you're feeling. Yeah. So identify these things and don't judge yourself because you have them. No. Okay. Like they're, it's trauma. It's. It's a wound. How would you treat a sick friend that was going through something like this? You wouldn't berate them and tell them that they're weak and that they, they get, they're too sensitive. Right. You would <laughs> treat yourself the same way. Yeah. So as these things continue to come up, look at them as opportunities to grow. Look at these things as opportunities to say, thank you for triggering me because now I know what I need to work on. Yes, exactly. As opposed to running and running hiding, and hiding. Or getting mad and it doesn't mean you're not going to react. It doesn't mean you're not going to feel anxiety. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfect. Yeah. But once you know what your triggers are, you identify them and then you start to work on that piece of yourself. You build a self-esteem to go along with it. Mm-hmm. These things don't affect you as much as they used to. Right. New triggers will come up though. Oh yeah. New things will happen. It is a bring it. Yeah. Bring it. It's a, it's a process that we work for the rest of our lives. So for me, I meditate, I eat right. Yes. Meditation. Exercise. Um, I read, I listen to, to tons of different podcasts and, and authors and books and things like that. And I'm addicted to getting better now. Yeah. I'm addicted to working on myself and like mastering my mind. Staying present too. And that's the goal. Even though I know I'm never going to get there, it's a really, really fun experience and process to watch yourself grow and to get better and mm-hmm. know that you're not going to fly off the handle at any little thing. Yeah. Like even at work, I've, I've fixed that piece that I thought was never going to get fixed. Yeah. I thought I was just going to be miserable at work forever. Mm-hmm. But I, it was just a matter of changing my expectations. Now, when I go into the office, I expect nothing less than insanity to ensue. Yeah. And I embrace it. I lean into it and I say, okay, how am I going to, how am I going to solve this challenge today? Yeah. It's a guarantee. Every day I walk into work, something weird's going to happen. That's going to, that used to just derail me and the rest of the day, my day's ruined. Right. Just like whenever I get on social media, it's the same thing. I but do the same thing. Some deep breaths, putting myself in a position where I can see my movie, watch myself and see that this is just another day yeah. and it's okay. And I love the term you, you mentioned, I am safe. Mm-hmm. Close your eyes and say, I am safe. Yes. When, we're, when our eyes are closed, we're at our most vulnerable. You, you are completely exposed to the world. So to close your eyes and softly say to yourself, I am safe. I am safe. It will make you feel better. Yeah. You will start to feel comforted. You'll start to feel, I am safe. Everything is okay. These feelings I have inside of me, they may be uncomfortable, but they're, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a haywire fight or flight response. That's all it is. Exactly. And we can get these things under control with some effort and some work, working on ourselves and the desire to get better. But I do love that you are okay with saying, I need boundaries for a while. So if you have to step away from a person, if you have to step away from social media, if you have to step away from uh, a job or whatever it may be for Turn a while to work on yourself, you're worth it. You're worth it. Yeah. But just make sure you can get back in there. Yeah. Don't run away <laughs> with the goal. You're never coming back. Run away with the goal that you're coming back, pounding your chest saying, bring it, mm-hmm. bring it on, man. What you got next? Yeah. I think that about covers it. What do you got? Anything else? No, I think we covered it. We're good. Okay. Awesome. Well, we hope that. That, that you, the listener, got something out of this uh, and that the next time you are triggered that you can use some of these tools to get out of it and you can use some of these tools to continue to grow and to get better. 
for those of you that haven't already done it, we do have a YouTube channel that is up and running. Please head over there if you want to watch us talk uh, and, and subscribe um, if you haven't already as well on the podcast. It helps us more than you'll ever know. Please follow. Please follow. Leave us a review. Share it with your friends. Help us grow. The more we grow, the more people we can help. At the end of the day, that's the mission here. Yep. But if people don't know, they don't know. I know some people feel really cheesy sharing stuff like this and they don't, they think it's corny or whatever, whatever. If it's helping you, it could be helping someone else too. And we're the ones who decided to sit up here and, you know, bear our soul because it could help someone. The least you could do is, you know, help someone as well. Yeah. So (laughs) you can check us out on Instagram at TUFO underscore couple. It's TWFO underscore couple. You can check us out on Facebook at Tufo Couple. You can check us out on TikTok at Tufo underscore couple. Speaking of getting triggered. Trigger central in that place if you're not careful. Uh, And our website at www.tufocouple.com. I think that's all we've got. Thank you all for being here. Until next time, I am Matt. I'm Paige. And we'll see you. Bye.